Baylor is going to beat Kansas when the Jayhawks come to Waco. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another edition of Locked On Baylor brought to you by LinkedIn. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. Thank you for joining me in my makeshift studio in glorious, gorgeous, rainy and cold Scottsdale, Arizona. For those of you who watch on YouTube, we'll be back in the studio tomorrow. Appreciate you guys rolling with it with the non-Baylor backgrounds here. And what we're talking about today is that really good basketball game on Saturday. I, it was kind of one of those ones where the teams didn't really play well at the same time for most of the game, but it ends up being a good game. They were on the wrong end of it. 64 61 to the Kansas Jayhawks uh, ends their three game winning streak. But I think a pretty positive reaction coming out of the fan base about this one. Um, and I, and I gotta be with it too. You know, uh, I, 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 <laughs> I am that guy who says, you know, we, we have to hold this, this standard, you know, that we can't just be happy with, uh, moral victories or anything like that, and and no, that, that that's true. You you want to win the game. That's that's really the thing that that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. But I think there's a lot of positives to take from this game. Now that said, uh, that doesn't mean it doesn't come with negatives. And what's interesting for me is when I when I look at this 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 box score and and how the teams played and how the star players played for each team it really came down to turnovers. Like that was it. And I know that was the the biggest, that was the most glaring, but to the point where they're so even in just about everything else that to me, it's, it's just turnovers. That's the difference in this game. Baylor has a season high 21 giveaways in this game. And to make matters worse, the only thing that's worse than turning it over 21 times is when you are minus 14 in that department, Kansas, they're good, good at handling the basketball, but to only four, seven turnovers is just, it can't happen. You're not going to beat good teams doing that. You're not going to beat the best teams on the road doing that. And still Baylor came close. And once again, when I look at the stat cast, the thing that sticks out to me, the trends of it, no field goals in the last four and a half minutes for Baylor. It's less of an issue than it was after that Texas game because you had it with Texas and the Kansas State game back-to-back, but it's an issue, man. Like, it, they need to figure out a way to continue in their, into their offense. And I think the difference is the last couple games, they have been able to get to the free-throw line um, and hit free-throws, which was also a, a bit of a problem in this game. At times, too, they shot 71%, um, which is not terrific. You, you'd like that number to be at 75 and above. Kansas only shot 73%, by the way. So there are still issues there of simplifying the offense with the shot makers that I think they have. You know, that that's what really separates the, the, the elite teams from the rest of the pack or even the good to really good teams. Like, um, the thing that will separate Kansas from a team like TCU or Iowa State, of which they're one and one against those teams, is that they have guys that can make shots down the stretch. And I think Baylor should have that. They should have that the talent to have that. And we see it 
in the middle of the second half. We see it in the first half. We see it at the end of the first half. We don't necessarily see it at the end of the second half, or we haven't yet. But yeah, looking looking through it, excuse me, eight turnovers for Kansas. I'm sorry, I have to apologize there. Baylor is plus 17 in the rebounding department. Plus 17. One of the things I was talking about on Friday was how big Kansas is. Four of their five starters, usually McCullers was out, so that, that kind of goes off the board there. But three of the five are six, seven or above. Like they are long, and that and, and that's what kind of really helps them defensively and helps them on the boards. But Baylor goes plus 17 in the rebounding department. Like, that's what the best teams in the country do. That that's what the teams that go to the final four do. They're they're great rebounders, they're great at getting extra possessions. And so Baylor is absolutely trending in the right direction there. And have have been all year. That that really hasn't been a problem all year. But when I'm trying to look at the silver linings of it, it it's that. So that's the that's the category Baylor dominated in. The category that Kansas dominated in was was forcing turnovers. I mean, just throwing the ball all over the place. Baylor was, especially in the first half. Um, and it didn't really get much better in the second half, but I, I didn't think they really got into the rhythm of their offense in the first half. Um, it definitely took a while. That's for sure. But I don't think they ever really got into it before the halftime break. And they were still down what six at the half. They got it to two at one point there, uh, very much in the game. And obviously in the second half, they have those spurts where it's 12 and then all of a sudden it's five and it's three and it's it's right there for the taking. And looking at that last possession, I saw a bit of divisiveness from Baylor fans on social media about that last possession. I've got no qualms with it. I, I know Jacoby hasn't. Had a, had a great shooting stretch the last couple games, but A, it was better in this game than it was the last three or four uh, going back to the UT game. And B, it's one of your best shooters on the team, at times your best shooter, and he's wide open on the wing from three. You know, I, I think back to that Kansas State game where Jaden Nunn missed the open three, and I think we were upset because Jaden Nunn Still isn't, but definitely not at the time, one of the best three-point shooters on the team. He was he was struggling. Um, he was really struggling offensively. And I wish he would have, you know, drove a little bit there and maybe tried to get to the free throw line. Jacoby Walter is one of your best shooters and had a good game. He was five of twelve from the floor, so it's not like he was absolutely shooting the lights out, but had a good game and he just missed it. They they I think they got what they wanted there. Um Kansas collapsed, and you had Jacoby wide open for three. Can't can't fault him for taking that shot. Can't fault them if that was the play. Uh, that was really, it, you got the look you wanted. You got the look you wanted down three with under 15 seconds left. You know, we, we, we me, uh, have kind of chastised Baylor a little bit for their final possession possessions this year. And it's gotten much better at the end of the first half. They're clearly trying out some things. A lot of Eve Misi layups and dunks uh, towards the end of the first half. And it, this time, it was just one of those things. I thought they they drew up a good play. Just because the shot doesn't go in doesn't mean it's a bad play. And so that that's what kind of stings about this is they didn't throw it away. I mean, they, they you know, 21 turnovers is what, what sinks them. But 
it's not like they completely blew this game or they made dumb plays towards the end of it. Like they got a really good look and it just didn't go in. It just didn't go in. And I know you probably won't have that opportunity again to not have McCuller out there, but uh, I like Baylor's chances on what is it? March 1st or so uh, when Kansas, I think it's March 2nd, actually. Saturday game when, when Kansas comes to the Foster Pavilion. I can't wait for that game because I think they can they can really hang with these guys and beat these guys. Uh, we're going to go over some of the players in this game, the individual performances and what stood out and what didn't and what, you know, who needed to step up and so to speak and kind of break down who were the good and the bad of this game and, and how Baylor can correct or ride with going forward. But first, I got to tell you about LinkedIn Talent Solutions, okay? We know that, you know, when you're owning a small business, you got so many hats to wear and hiring is just not an easy process. Think again, because with LinkedIn Talent Solutions, it is. It ain't just like any other job board, okay? It's got a network of over a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Gives you access to those professionals you can't find anywhere else. And it does that all that while making the process easy and intuitive. And when you have that winning quality candidates, it has to be easy. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. They are constantly finding ways to make that process easier for hirers and making it quicker. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. So if you haven't, you need to get on that. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. One more time, linkedin.com slash locked on college, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So whenever I do these kind of player ratings within a game, I, I feel like I need to rename Locked On Baylor to just Locked On Eve Misi. I sound like a broken record, but I'm such a fan. I am such a fan of Eve Misi. And once again, he has a fantastic game uh, when the lights are really bright. And really what struck me is how he matched up one-on-one with one of the best centers in the country, if not the best center in the country. I mean, it's, you know, him and, and Edie are battling for that and, and Hunter Dickinson. But let's talk about Eve Misi first. 21 points on 6 of 9 shooting, 9 of 12 from the free throw line with 8 rebounds to go along with that and an assist and two blocks, including just an absolute SWAT job of Dickinson in the second half. That I need that picture, man. I, I got to have that in the Louvre. I don't care if they lost the game. That Taylor Young picture of sacking Baker Mayfield is awesome. Nobody remembers that they lost that game. So that that was really something. And I just... I know I fell for the clickbait on this tweet, but um, one of these college basketball accounts, what was it? College basketball report had the top 10 true freshmen, Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard. So number one and two are both from Kentucky. Wow. What a shock. Jared McCain, Duke third, uh, Stefan Castle, JT Toppin, Jacoby Walter, sixth, uh, Mylon Bump. Mom Silovich, I always get that wrong. The kid who hit the buzzer beater. That wasn't for Iowa state. Johnny Furphy, 
Isaiah Collier, and Cody Williams. Nowhere on that list is Eve Misi, who is undoubtedly been one of the best freshmen in the nation. And this is no shade on Jacoby. I'm not down on him like some people are, but like he's had a better season than Jacoby Walter. He is probably the best freshman in the Big 12. And this is going to sound weird if you just listen to Friday's show, but to have Johnny Furphy over him? Johnny Furphy? Come on, man. I was because I was complimentary of Furphy on Friday. He fits a, a need for Kansas really well. Okay, like like he fits in a, a plugs a hole in their system very well. There are times where Eve Meese is the system. Like I, I just can't believe it. And in these NBA mock drafts, they still it's not a consensus that he's in the top 16 or 17, let alone the lottery at 14. I just, whenever we see these prospects every year, I'm like, Eve Misi right now is playing just like some of the big men prospects we see go in the top 10 every year in the draft. He is such a difference maker at both ends of the court. You can see it in the numbers, sure, but you see it even more when you watch the game. I, I've said this, I said this a lot last week, but... When you watch the game, you see how many shots he alters. You see how much the defense can't collapse on him. You, you, you just see the impact that he has even when he's not touching the ball. Johnny Furphy. Give me a break with Johnny Furphy. He's a nice player. He's a nice player. But if you're taking Johnny Furphy on your team over Eve Misi, I, I can't help you, man. I, I truly can't. That's just insane. And so it kind of goes in. I know it's clickbait, but there is kind of this national neglect for Eve Misi. And I don't I don't understand why. I, he's everything we love in NBA big men. He's not shooting threes like Kristaps Porzingis yet. And won't be doing it in college. But... He's a freak athlete. He can put the ball on the floor. He blocks shots like crazy. Second in the conference in blocks. And he's dunking over guys. He's, you know, ducking his head down when he dunks so he doesn't hit it on the rim. Like, this guy is a freak athlete. He's doing everything right. He is making winning plays. And if y'all don't realize it, fine. Fine. But don't be shocked in Final Four weekend when you're like, Oh, wow, this freshman for Baylor, this center is pretty good. Don't be like the old Barstool Baylor account who didn't know who he was like the fifth game of the season. Johnny Furphy over Eve Meese. Come on, man. Give me a break. That's brutal. So all that to say, Eve Meese had a really good game. <laughs> had a really good game. And I said, I mean, it. you do have to look at who he goes up against because um, we saw it in the first half when Kansas jumped out to that big lead. It was Hunter Dickinson. And they, I thought Kansas did a good job getting some switches on him. Um, there was a time in there, like like Josh O couldn't cover him. Um, Caleb Lohner couldn't cover him. It was only Eve Misi that could. And he just, he bullied them and had some nice finishes too. We had 13 in the first like 12 minutes. He finishes the game with 15. 15 and 7. That's like... That's a good game, by the way. That's fine. That's considerably below. He's averaging a double-double at 19 and 11. And you held him to 15 and 7? In a, in a in a big game at home to hold your their best player below season averages? 
that's a recipe for success. Have that and have your second best player, your top scorer out in that game as well. Baylor should be winning that game, probably, when you just look at those stats. Uh, so, I mean, just ultimate job by Eve Misi. Not much more he could do about that. And I, I did talk about Jacoby Walter earlier. I, I did I did like Jacoby in this game. I, I, I know that's going to be hypocritical when he's two of nine from three. <laughs> but that's all of his misses, by the way, were from three. Um, I just, I thought he got back to his aggressive nature that he had before the, you know, middle of the first half of that tech game. And he saw the ball go through the hoop a little bit. And I saw early on, they they drew up a play for him early in the game when it was like 12 to four or whatever. So Kansas is jumping all over them. They didn't panic, obviously. And they ran a set for Jacoby Walter to get a layup. And I was just like, finally, <laughs> I mean, I've been begging for that for weeks, weeks. Let's get this kid's confidence up. And, and there it was right there. And uh, I thought he had a good game, even with the, you know, not shooting well from three. He, he, um, he pours in 17 points and eight rebounds, which I'll take. Now he did have five turnovers. So good that he was putting the ball through the hoop a little more. Yes. But aggressiveness is only good when you're holding on to the basketball and get it in the free throw line. Right. Uh, speaking of that, Ray J Dennis, not, not his best night, not his worst night. But, yeah, not great. And, look, I mean, it's no secret. This team is going to go where he takes them, right? Absolutely. Um, especially when you don't have a backup point guard. And we saw that at the end of the game when he got his fourth foul and they had to roll, you know, Miro and Jaden Nunn handling the ball a little bit. Um, it's just not an ideal situation. And Ray J finishes with three points on one of five shooting. And... <laughs> He did have seven rebounds and eight assists. Like there was parts of this game where he was doing his job and doing it really well. And and that's like, he was, he was commanding the offense for spurts in this game, but when he wasn't, he was a detriment to it. That, that shows by the six turnovers as well. Uh, Kansas plays good defense. I, it's not elite defense um, because we've seen that we've, we've seen Iowa state and Ray J didn't have a game like that against them. day and that's kind of how it shakes out when he doesn't have his best day when when he and Jacoby Walter are um are combining for what 11 turnovers is that what I said um that you're you're gonna be in a heap of trouble and shout out to Miro Little by the way who um who steps in obviously we, we didn't know till game time that Langston Love was out he gets his first real minutes um has a couple points in there, uh, was, was first to the floor a couple of times, really playing a gritty game. And he, I think he understands that that might not be like his end all be all his game being the gritty guy, but like Langston love in front of him before him, he knows that that's how we can get onto the court right now. And he gets a chance with Langston love hurt and that's how he gets on the court and that's how he makes a difference. Um, so wanted to shout out Miro, um, for getting his first three points. How about that? And six rebounds, by the way, second on the team in that. And some interesting stats to keep this into perspective. Um, 
by the way, they, they were outscored 15 to four in second chance points. They outscored Kansas. So I do. I always like that stat. Um, all four of Baylor's losses in big 12 play have come by four points or fewer. Four losses by a combined 12 points. And some of those, they didn't play well, but it's important to keep that into perspective. Like a couple bounces the other way. And we're talking about this team in the driver's seat, in the big 12. And uh, now I think that's their last 16 games against AP top 10 teams, top 10, they're 12 and four. It's still a pretty good run here. It's still a pretty good run. Talk about having a good run. How about our friends over at FanDuel during this NFL season, which just ended yesterday? What an incredible Super Bowl, right? Great game. Someone in red won. Of course, I'm recording this before the Super Bowl. But anyway, uh, now it's time to get your buckets, okay? you've The football's done, unfortunately. Too bad, so sad. We'll be ready for spring football in a couple months, although, although I don't think you could bet on that. So get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins, okay? Pick a sure thing. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, same game parlays, live, exclusive props, and, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot. Valentine's Day is coming up. Shoot your shot, the FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Women's basketball, big win. Big win. West Virginia comes to town. Baylor gets the dub. Uh, was it 75-68? Yes, yes. Um, what a way to get back on track. Like, West Virginia's been a good team. I think they've gotten up to as high as, like, in the top 15, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so just, I, I, I loved the way they played in that game. It, it kind of looked more like their MO. Um, they didn't turn the ball over as much as they did, even in that lopsided win, um, at Houston. So that, that's a step. That's something that I think is, is easily correctable for both of these teams. As a matter of fact, for the men's team and the women's team, although we're seeing it as a bit more of a problem with the women's team, um, but I, I think that, oh, excuse me, 65-58. I was looking at this the whole time. I don't I don't know how I got that wrong. But um, love the bounce back there because, and, and I feel for them, but this is a this was a kind of a tough limbo-y situation for the women's basketball team in that they're probably, they're probably out of the conference championship race, right? Um, you just lost to your your biggest rival really in, in the women's game in, in Texas um, just over a week and a half ago, you know, you don't play all that great against Houston and yet still win big. So, you know, take that where you can get it. But um, it, it looks like a season that's in limbo where you're going to make the tournament. You're going to be ranked for a while, but you're kind of out of the conference championship and maybe people aren't paying attention as much and they're, the crowds at the games have not been great, unfortunately. Um, and yet they turned around. They had Caitlin Bickle in the building. Welcome back, Bickle. And had a big win. A big win for Coach Nikki Collins' team. And, and again, kind of got back to the things that they do right, um, which I really loved. And you know who I'm always highlighting when she has a big game, and that's Dariana Little Page Bugs, man. 14 points, 7 of 11 from the floor, which I love, and 10 rebounds. So it's 14 and 10. 
it's it's different ways, but the way the men's team goes with, as Ray J. Dennis goes, the women's team goes as Dariana Little Page Bugs goes. Like she does so many good little things for them. And when she's adding the like the stat filling numbers too, forget about it, dude. This team, this team is a wagon when that happens. But Asia Blackwell has been giving them a great stretch recently, by the way. She had 12 and 7. Uh, so it's not 19 rebounds like she had against Oklahoma State, um, but she is really hitting her stride here in the middle of the conference schedule. So a good time. Bella Fauntleroy, spark plug again, 12 points on five of eight shooting with 10 total rebounds as well. Um, Sarah Andrews continues to to get it done without really scoring a ton, uh, just seven points in this game, but six assists to go with it with a couple of rebounds. Like, And, and even when the shot hasn't been going in, which it hasn't for about a month now, um, there's no question that she is still the leader of the offense and is still doing the right things to get good looks for this team. So um, totally here for it. Uh, they did end up with 19 turnovers, um, which again is, is a little bit more inflated in the women's game than it is in the men's game. Um, and West Virginia only had five. Am I seeing that right? Five turnovers. Oof, good Lord. Uh, but, like the way they played and like the way they played down the stretch held on in that one. So big, big 12 win. Um, we'll be looking forward to their games this week, as well as the men taking on Oklahoma Tuesday night, another 8 PM game. Woo. Yay. For being a zombie on Wednesday. Can't wait. Anyway, let me know what you thought about these games this weekend and maybe the disrespect that's coming with Eve Meese. Drop that down in the comments below. Be sure to like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. We'll be back tomorrow with more Locked on Baylor.